It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey, happy holidays. Stinkin' Truth Podcast back with you. We've had a little bit of time off, Mike and I. Uh, enjoying our holidays. There's no question about that. Scott DeHub producing the show. Uh, we'd like to thank our presenting sponsors, great folks over at Sweet Sweat for all your exercise and fitness needs. Check out our friends at Sweet Sweat. They do such a tremendous job. SweetSweat.com for more information. And then also Superbook, America's best bet. Uh, and uh, I'd like to thank Jay Cornegay for joining us all season long. Um, he'll be back with us after the first of the year, but uh, as we go through the playoffs. But right now, you and I, neck and neck, Mike, you have, and you've always said this to me, and it pisses me off that you are, I don't know, call it right. I have more <laughs> wins than you, but you are better in the loss column because of your your pissy ant tie. See, that's why I always take the hook. I don't want ties. I want to know if I want or lost. You on the other hand, like kissing your sister. I like playing for a tie yeah, sometimes. Yeah, you ties kiss, are okay. You're a sister kisser. So uh, right now, what was our what was our so, record? So I am 21, 23, and three. You are 22 and 25. God, I suck. Like I, down lot. the stretch, I have sucked. You have sucked. You were you were doing so well, but you you have struggled down the stretch. As a result, I have the I have I have the better loss column numbers. And I have Therefore, the better winning percentage. The I, better, the, go ahead. Give I'm the winning at a uh, a robust 478 clip, and you're at 468. So it's very close. It's a percentage point it's away. Like I mean, mouse nuts a, tight. Yeah, it is. It's tighter than mouse nuts right now. <laughs> and it comes down to this week. Although we're going to roll into the playoffs. Too. Yeah, we'll roll yeah. into the playoffs. We'll hey, pick before we go any further, I, I would game. like to uh, 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 let everybody know. Congratulations to you, my friend, as you are now a uh, third time grandfather yes first grandson exactly congratulations yeah I, he's got long legs uh he was 22 inches eight pounds eight point three eight pounds three ounces uh little zane daniel schlereth he's ready to roll um it's gonna be about a week or so before i get him in the gym and start bench pressing <laughs> gotta work that upper body you got him like hey like my dad always said you ever seen a quarter horse with fat legs no skinny legs so they can run fast. It's the chestus we got to get working on. And you already have got them in onesies with some of your favorite sayings. Yeah, no doubt, oh yeah, right? absolutely, absolutely. The kid's going to be training yeah. soon. Yep. You know, so uh, onesies just say, you know, point the finger, don't pull, or uh, pull the thumb, don't point the finger. Yeah, that's right, right, right. right. We want them to take responsibility. Yeah. You know, um, but healthy, everything is that's great. Good. Got a grandson with the two granddaughters. My oldest, uh, my oldest granddaughter Quinn is mothering him to death. I just, just is like. You know, I mean, it, she is like the squirrel from um, from Ice Age. You know, just uh, <laughs> all over the place. Like, <laughs> like let me rock him. <laughs> like, there's a difference between rocking the child and shaking a baby. Yeah, you, right. You've got to learn we the do difference. Do not shake a baby. Right? No. We don't shake. Babies. <laughs> don't ever shake a baby. Okay. So anyhow, well, congratulations. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Really, uh, really great stuff. Healthy and and just blessed to be to to be a grandparent again. So really cool stuff. Really cool stuff. And. Um, and it comes down. I mean, we'll go through the playoffs where I'll probably regain my dominance over you, like it was for the whole season. But you went on this late season run that really irritates me. Yeah, I know it irritates you, but uh, that's the way it is. And um, let's let's get to uh, some some of the storylines and some compelling storylines. Uh, I guess maybe the biggest one for me, right right off the bat, is 
have the Steelers got their groove back? Did they, did they refine their rediscover their mojo? Yeah, you know they've had this almost fast break offense. You know where they're not running the football, they're not playing physical football. It's all about throwing it underneath. And you know I'll go back to watching them play against the Buffalo Bills and how the Bills just got impressed, like just basically pressed all the receivers. They were lined up across the board, press man, jammed the receivers, didn't give Ben Roethlisberger a quick out, and he didn't want – I mean, he didn't want to get hit, and I don't blame him. Like, I got, you know, old too. You know, there was a time in my career where I was like – there was a time when I started my career where I was like, I'm going to try to break somebody's jaw. And then there was a time late in my career where I was like – how can I do the little work possible without, you know, as little contact as possible and still get the block, still get a plus on the block rating, right? Because you just body, your body wears out. You just don't want to put yourself through that. And you want to be able to kind of quote unquote work smarter, not harder type of thing, right? And occasionally you'll have to be physical. And I think Ben will be fine. Like when the playoffs start, if I got to take one of the teeth, I'll take one of the teeth. But you said this about Tom Brady forever in his last few years at New England. Like he's not going to take a shot. He doesn't mind punting, you know, and, and when the game is on the line, if he has to take a couple shots, he'll do that, but he's not going to put himself in harm's way early. And I think that's where Ben Roethlisberger is, but I will tell you this. You cannot, I don't think, you cannot run a fast break kind of throw it behind the line of scrimmage offense and win in the playoffs. And I think one of the things that they have discovered is you got to take shots down the field, you got to hold the ball a little bit, You've got to set those things up, um, and you know if you're going to win, that's that's what you're going to have to do. And I think they have. I think you look at them. I think they have made that that decision because they were down what twenty four to three or something. I mean, crazy. Came back. Now it was twenty four seven, I guess, because it came back and won twenty eight twenty four. But they, they were, were down dead in the water. They look dead in the water. Absolutely, they look like a team. You're like, you're like, they they're not going to win another game this year, right? They look like a team, the first team ever to go 11 and 0 to start the season, go uh, go 0 and 5 to end it, you know. But great comeback by them, a way to you know, way to kind of grind it out. Roethlisberger's not going to play here in week uh, whatever it is, week 17, 17. So, um, but I, I still have my doubts about the Pittsburgh Steelers come playoff time. They can't I, run the ball. No, they, they not at all. And that's a skill like any other skill. And if you decide not to do it and you decide you're just going to be this spread four wide receivers, five wide receiver offense, um, and then all of a sudden you're going to all, all of a sudden you're going to say, hey, now we're going to run. No, that doesn't work that way. And oh, by the way, this is just from experience. When you're struggling rhythmically as an offense, it's really hard to get yourself back into a rhythm, throwing yourself into a rhythm. Throwing yourself underneath into a rhythm is hard. Sometimes you just got to line up in two tight ends, you know, and two backs and say, we're going to punish you. We're just going to punish you. And as we punish you, we're going to open up some play actions. We're going to get some one-on-ones on the outside. We're going to get a, a, a receiver into the boundary that's one-on-one. We're going to run a deep route. We're going to throw it to him, and bam, we're going to have an explosive, right? But it all is set up off the play action stuff. So, um I just believe in that, and I think the Steelers. I think they're in trouble come playoff time. You do, huh? I do. They, I, not, I, well, they, I they didn't fix obviously, it enough. Huh? Obviously, Kansas City's a better football team than them, right? I think Buffalo's a better football team. All right, than let, them. Let, let, all right let, let's talk about Buffalo because it would be real easy based on the way they're playing coming down the stretch 
versus the way Kansas City is playing down the stretch to think that, wow, Buffalo is a is not only a real threat to Kansas City, but might be better than Kansas City right now. Is that is that falling into a trap if you if you think that? I think that listen, I think that Buffalo's a damn good football team. Um and I think they can throw it whenever they want and I think they can turn around and run it when they want. Um so I, I think they're very close. I think in a in a in a situation where you're talking about possessing the ball. Because you and I did a breakdown of all of Kansas City's losses over the last two years. And what did it come down to? The team that beat them, beat them by possessing the football, winning the time of possession, whether it was running it down their throat, whether it was the short passing game, whether it was it was there was a game against the Chargers when Phillip Rivers was playing with the Chargers where they had 29 first downs in the game. And most of it was was just completions. Third down and four, bam. You know, you got you got Allen with a complete. You got Rivers to Allen, right? And it was that type of thing. But the bottom line was every one of those losses, except the Colts, which was a huge, which was like a nineteen to thirteen game or something, right? Where they really ran it down their throats. Every one of those losses that they suffered, it was like a forty to twenty time of possession. And every one of those games was like 31-29, and if they had the ball last, you knew you're, you're... the minimum amount of points scored in seven of the eight games was 29 by the opponent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was that's the way it was. So, I I think Buffalo has a chance, but let's just face it, they have so much confidence in Kansas City, and I think part of like I think part of what's really hard, Mike. I was on an 11-0 team, and I was on a 13-0 team, and I think what's really hard is the is the mental capacity when you're really good. Now you don't have the media in your locker room and hounding you and, and the national attention that you get on a consistent basis. So that's, that's good for them. That's a plus for them, but it's, it's every time your phone rings and it's your college boys or it's your, you know, your, your brothers or your sisters or your mom or your dad or your, your cousins or your uncle, they're all, can you guys go, can you guys you know, go back to back. Can you guys like? There's that pressure that is constantly put on you, and then I think it's hard. You know, it's hard to really scrutinize your performance when you don't play well, and all of a sudden you're just like, "All right, flip the switch. Let's go win this game." Like it's hard to scrutinize some of the mistakes you make, and what you don't want to happen is those mistakes to cost you a playoff game, and then you're like, "Oh shoot, you know what?" They were right. The coaches kept mentioning how we can't do this or how we can't miss tackles or how we can't jump off sides or how we can't have a holding call. And we were all like, yeah, you know what? Someday that's going to cost us a game. Don't let it be the playoffs. So there's there's that aspect of it. I think one of the things that the Kansas City Chiefs coaching staff has done that is a good thing, and some would call it gimmicky, some would call it, you know, over the top. They keep pulling out these plays that nobody like. They're plays from the '40s, you know, where they're spinning in the backfield and it's a pitch or it's a, you know, they get in a, a four by zero formation. And all of a sudden, they pitch it out to Kelsey and he's got a black, you know, he's got a bunch of guys blocking for him and like they're these interesting kind of weird plays. One of the things we always talked about is what you have to fight when you're a really good team is boredom. We're so good if we execute our normal stuff. Guys just guys fall into a rhythm. 
it becomes mundane. It's just easy. Like, we're better than you, and we know it. You know, we're Globo Jim. And I think one of the things that Andy Reid has done is constantly put wrinkles into his offense to challenge them mentally, formationally. I think that's a big thing, formationally. Um, you know, not only formationally, but but from a conceptual standpoint. He's put all these wrinkles in that you got to pay attention to. And and I think there's a purpose. Andy Reid is is trying to keep guys engaged because they can score seemingly at will. And I think that's I think that's a big thing. Well, I'm confident as you are that that Kansas City will be fine come come playoff time, but but certainly what has happened with this sort of blah play down the stretch probably cost Mahomes the MVP. Yeah. Is anybody stopping Aaron Rodgers? Right now? No. Aaron Rodgers is playing such a high level. I think 44 touchdowns versus five interceptions going into week 17. He's just been, Mike, he's been amazing. Just, I mean, sublime how good he is. And I I think you're right. The blase performance of Kansas City, them kind of locking things up or them kind of running away with the the first overall buy, you know, right now you've got the Packers at 12 and three, you got the Seahawks at 11 and four, and you got the saints at 11 and four, and they could end up in a three wide, three way tie up. The bears beat the Packers and you know, the saints handle their business against Carolina and the Seahawks handle their business against San Francisco. You could be in a three white way tie at the top of that division. And then I don't have any idea how the tiebreakers fall out because, um, I'm not a nerd. <laughs> okay. So, so. Who's that, the best team in the NFC? Wow. I think just based on the way the quarterback is played, you'd have to go with the Packers. But let me just tell you, you know, here's the crazy thing, Mike. The Saints lost a game to the Kansas City Chiefs. It was 32-29. Okay. And they were outstanding defensively. I mean, they dispensed justice and still gave up 32 points. I think I think when I watch the Saints play, their depth of talent on the defensive side of the ball and their ability on the defensive side of the ball, I overall think from a talent perspective, the Saints are a better team. Now, they've got to get Michael Thomas back, right? He's on IR, but they got to get him back. But I think overall perspective, they're the depth of talent, they're a better team. I think they're I think the offensive lines, you could argue both of them are are very solid, both of them are excellent. Um you could you'd split hairs in trying to decide who's got the better O-line. Um Devontae Adams is is a, a freak show, so maybe you give the maybe give the the nod there. But the overall receiving core after Devontae Adams, you'd give it to the Saints, I think. When you talk about if Michael Thomas is back, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, what he's been able to do, Traquan Smith, they've got depth there. Um, this kid, Marquez Callaway, is playing really well for them. Um, you know, doing some things in the blocking game that set them apart. I think their tight ends, their quarterback is their extra quarterback is a real X factor because he can line up at tight end, he can line up at fullback, he can line up at F receiver. He just gives them a different dynamic and a different uh, aspect. So I just think that you can make an argument that that maybe you're splitting hairs offensively. Maybe they're both. Uh, uh, like Alvin Kamara is the to me probably the best, if not top one or two 
backs in football. And Aaron Jones is no slouch. He's really good. But Kamara just gives you a little dip. I think in the passing game, he's a little bit more adept in the passing game. But, you know, splitting hairs on offense. But talent-wise on the defensive side, it there's no question it goes to the Saints. The last game you did for Fox was uh, the Tampa Bay blowout of Detroit. What about the Bucks? Are they getting it together at exactly the right time to make yeah. them the team that nobody is going to want to play? Or do you still have questions about them? Um, let me just say this. And maybe you could, you know, maybe you could give me some insight. So the first two conversations I had with Tom Brady, he was on the phone via Zoom. So we didn't get to see his you know, glorious accountants. Last time, he was over Zoom. In you his face-to-face? Face-to-face, full glory. And uh, I think our relationship has definitely grown closer. Did it go to the next level? I think it, uh, I think we passed first base. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. No, 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 no. Yeah, I think no, that, no, uh, no, no. I think that he... Don't. Don't he came like on that. to Don't fake. Talk like he that. came on like a a legitimate Zoom call because of uh, the mutual maybe let's call it admiration we have for one another. Really? Yeah, I think our this relationship is now a Mark Schlereth Tom Brady mutual admiration society. Um, huh. when it comes to the tightness of our relationship, mouse nuts I think is a great way. <laughs> we are tighter than mouse nuts right now. They did look good. Oh my! Here, you know, there's a couple interesting things, Mike. But it was Detroit. It was Detroit, um, and Detroit's a mess. They had five coaches out on COVID. They had a first-time play caller on offense, first-time play caller on defense. Matthew Stafford went out in the first drive. I mean, it was a mess. But Brady was Brady was incredible. He's um, just an interesting, interesting cat. Like one of the things that came out, and I asked him about. Early in the season, he said something really interesting to me. He's like, listen, man, in New England, because of just the the climate, because I was always able to pull my receivers and pull everybody during the defensive periods and go, hey, I didn't like the way this played out. Let's rerun this play. Let's do this. You know, let's do. He goes, in Tampa Bay, it's all about recovering because it's 85, 90 degrees, you know, 95 degrees with 90% humidity. And so when we go into an off period, when the defense is doing their thing, guys are sucking water trying to recover. So he goes, I never got the extra work in with the guys until, you know, until just the last month or so. But when the, when the temperature has gone down, which I thought was really interesting. So they're still building this kind of this nonverbal communication aspect of what they're trying to accomplish. And you saw them all be kind of relatively on the same page. Um, and then, you know, their ability to go through different formationally and personnel-wise, all the different things they worked on, especially in the second half of that game, um, it was pretty remarkable, Mike, that, like the continuity they had on the offensive side of the ball. And they were rolling through four wide. They had a five-wide set, four-wide set, three-wides, 11 personnel, 12 personnel, 22 personnel. Like they were rolling through it all. Like they were polishing for their playoff appearance. And and um, 
it just is it's just interesting, you know. And, and Brady is is funny because I was like I have not seen the drop off. I've been following your career. We played one we played one year, 2000, where we were both in the league at the same time. And so since then, he's, you know, had this remarkable 20-year run, right? Where I've been able to watch him. And I said, I don't see any discernible drop off in your ability to throw the ball from the time you were 28 to 32 to 38 to 43. And you know, the way he takes care of himself, the the this this his just the the way he prepares. So his I, mechanics I, are so pure. Absolutely. And he just works on pliability and his TB12 stuff and everything that he does is about peak performance, you know, mentally, physically, the whole nine yards. Um, and I actually asked him, why do you think people hate you so much? <laughs> you asked him that question? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you guys are tight. Yeah. And he laughed. I mean, he laughed out loud. Um, I'm like, you know, everybody's ready to write your obituary, and I haven't really seen a drop-off. Why do you think people hate you so much? And so that's when he laughed. And he's like, listen, man, I understand. You know, you have a lot of success over the course of a career, especially what we did in New England. And, you know, you're going to have a lot of people that don't like you. Um, I just was – it's it's fascinating. I think they are primed. But here's the thing, Mike, the inconsistency of that football team, right? Because defensively they got talent upon talent. But they're going to play a super aggressive style in which you can give up some big plays. Like all of a sudden you give up three big-time you know touchdowns over the top, and guess what? You lose a game in the playoffs. They, they are kind of a boomer bust organization. That's kind of how I feel about them. Do you know – here are Tom Brady's stats for 2020 at age 43, okay? Uh-huh. Tell me how many of you out there would love your quarterback for your team to have these kind of numbers. 66% completion, 4,200 yards, 36 touchdowns, 11 picks, a quarterback rating of 101. Yeah. He's only had two other years in his career in which he's thrown for more than 36 touchdowns. Two. That's it. Yeah. And oh, by the way, the majority of those picks happened early when they were really not on the same page. One of the things that Bruce Arians told me was we've really we're really trying to come together on kind of an understanding of what our offense is. And that Brady was a real pre-snap guy. Like, I want motion. I want, you know, I want the F receiver and a motion, multiple motions. I want shifts because I want to know pre-snap what defense they're in. Where Bruce Arians is more static formation, and I want you to read the middle backer and the safety to determine what coverage they're in. And so there's a difference between the kind of post-snap aspect of what Brady wanted versus the the or the pre-snap aspect of what Brady wanted versus the post-snap read that Bruce Arians wants. And so they're kind of they're still working to meld that stuff together and read things the same way and have the receivers on the same page. Um, but yeah, last week was a big step toward you know toward their playoff run. Finish up with. Uh... The, the car wreck that you can't turn away from, NFC East. It'll come to its conclusion this weekend. And I, I got to admit, I've I've gotten drawn into it. I right. mean, it is, it is fascinating to, to watch how this thing plays out with all these teams with terrible records and yet in a position to win a division and host a playoff game. 
Right. How do you think it all? Washington controls their fate. Right. Washington against the Eagles. They're six and nine. They win and they're in. And you know they've gotten rid of Dwayne. Ha- Listen, Washington wins the game against Carolina last week. If Dwayne Haskins isn't on that roster, but they didn't have. I mean, they had Tyler Henneke and. Alex Smith couldn't play. I think Alex Smith plays this week, and they have enough faith in Tyler Henneke to, if they need to bring him in, that he can operate their offense. He's a he's listen, man. He's going to make some mistakes and stuff, but he's athletic. He can scramble around. He can make some plays with his legs. He throws the ball well enough and understands the offense well enough to keep them in that game. You know, obviously, you look at the the Philadelphia Eagles. They have a outstanding front seven, but they're a you know, a safety down, cover three football team, cover one, cover three football team. That's what Jim Schwartz is going to play. So, you know, I think I, I think Washington wins this division. I think they go into Philly. They win in Philly. If not, then it's it's the Dallas Giants game, right? If Washington loses, um, the winner of the Dallas Giants game goes to the playoffs, right? Yeah. And the way that Dallas is playing right now and Andy Dalton is playing right now, by the way, how do you not – seriously – if if you're an NFL franchise, how do you not get yourself a veteran quarterback? I, like, I, I don't, as much grief as I give yeah. Jerry Jones, kudos Jerry Jones yep. for signing Andy Dalton to a one-year, three million dollar deal. And I know he got hurt and he, he missed some time with that huge concussion, um, that John Bostic hit from Washington. But he has been lights out recently, and that offense looks. I mean, they look like they look like uh, the beginning of a juggernaut. Like you thought they were going to be under Dak Prescott this year, Stink. I don't get it. I, I, it's one of the great mysteries when it comes to the NFL how so many teams who have legitimate playoff, even Super Bowl aspirations, in a league in which organizations try to account for every possible contingency, right? How so many teams leave themselves so thin at the backup position, backup quarterback position, that you have the Rams. Turning to a guy who doesn't doesn't have an NFL statistic to his name, right? To go out and try to win a game to get you into the playoffs, I I, I don't get it. I don't either. You get too much to lose, right? Why you don't safeguard your way in, in those positions? I I don't get it. Do you have an explanation? <sighs> no, I don't. Do have they an, just feel it, like they're wasting a roster spot or wasting money or or what? Because I don't, don't get it. They don't want to. They want to save the money. They don't want to spend them. They want to have more cap flexibility. I don't like I'm with you. Like when you think about you know, when you think about your starting quarterback, your starting quarterback, one, all starting quarterbacks are rep hogs. Nobody wants to give up any reps, right? They want every rep in practice. So your number two quarterback is gonna get almost no reps during the course of a week. You know, some scout team reps and things of that nature. But you're not running your offense. You're running, you know, a scout team offense. And so wouldn't you rather have a legitimate NFL quarterback with a bunch of legitimate starts behind him to say, hey, man, and maybe you're not the best, but at least you've been there. You've started games. You've seen it. So if you're called upon to go in to, to, to finish a game and you're going to go in without any reps, at least you've seen the game before. Like it, it is, It's mind-boggling to me. That NFL teams are just like, yeah, yeah, we don't need a veteran. I mean, let's save some money and, you know, let's sign a guy that's never played. I don't, I, I don't understand that at all. I am, so again, 
as much grief as I give the Dallas Cowboys, kudos to the Cowboys. That was a that, smart move. And they. And, do you think Jerry Jones was thinking about it in the shower? I was, oh, uh, there is no. Uh, yeah, there's no question. <laughs> He's like, I, I've been thinking about a lot in the shower. But it worked, and it, it, it and they got a chance. It potentially could get them into the playoffs. Yeah, they got a and chance. And there you go. So hey, final week of the season. Oh, we got to get to our picks. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go ahead. No, I mean, you, you go first. Uh, since you're trailing. None. Oh. <laughs> God, you're insufferable. Please, please go Just first. insufferable. I want to give you a shot. All right, I got the Baltimore Ravens trouncing. I got 11 and a half yeah. uh, trouncing the Cincinnati Bengals. Baltimore's, you, you, they, 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 they gotta, might be the team nobody wants to play. Right, come and they got to get in, so that's where I'm yep. going. What's the other ones? Vikings minus seven over Detroit. Yeah, Detroit's a mess, and I don't think they're going to risk Stafford again. They got to make a decision on Stafford. Uh, I think it'd be foolhardy to let Stafford go. He's a cornerstone in a building block process, so I think that would be foolish. So I just don't think with the rib injury, the thumb injury, and the ankle injury from yesterday, from last week, I don't think he's going to play. And so if you got to turn to Chase Daniel or uh, Matt Blau, good luck. Um, I think that'd be David Blau. Yeah, that too. Yeah. David Blau, his brother Matt. Yeah, it doesn't matter which Blau. You're like, whatever. Blow. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay minus six. I did that I- game last week. I just called him Matt Blau, <laughs> and he played. Lord I think have it's mercy. David Blau, right? It is David Blau. Am I wrong? Yeah. I think no, no, David no. Blau. You're right. All it's right. David Blau. And what was my last one? Uh, Tampa Bay minus six and a half over Atlanta. Atlanta's been playing people tough. Yeah, that scares me a little bit. I don't know why I chose that because I was thinking. Yeah, well, but you know what? Nothing I've done recently right. has made sense. You so might, that, this that, might work for you. That might work for this me. This might go be ahead. a strategy. Uh, I'm going to go with um, uh, with the assumption that uh, Josh Allen isn't going to play or isn't going to play as much. Yeah. Uh, I'll take Miami. Uh, they, they need the game. Uh, plus one Okay. Uh, over Buffalo. Um, I'm going to take Arizona minus the one over the Rams. I, I, th- I think that uh, all accounts are that uh, Kyler Murray's going to be able to go. Uh-huh. So, you give me Arizona minus the one against John Wolford? Wolford? I don't know. I'd rather have Wolford Brimley. <laughs> Diabetes. All right. So, I'll take Arizona minus the one. And then, uh, I know the Patriots look awful, and the Jets are actually playing with a, a little bit of life here coming down the stretch, but I, I just cannot see Bill Belichick, a Bill Belichick coach team, just packing it in after the performance they put forth Monday night. I don't know. And, Brady is not walking through that and door. And he hates the Jets. So I'll, I'll take I'll take nah. New England minus the three against the, the Jets. It all comes down to this. It all comes. Well, I let, we still got the playoffs, too. I know, but I let a huge lead yeah, now slip through my yeah, fingers. Yeah, now you're. I'm like Denny Green. We yeah. knew who. They are who we thought we were. Yeah. And we let it. You we let, let him off the hook. You let me off the hook. I let you off you the hook. You let me off the hook. I had you, you on the hook. I was hook. dead. It was buried. Oh, you deep. That fish hook was deep in your mouth. Yep. And you know what? I got a little aggressive and ripped it right out of the, yep. the side of the you corner. You got a little cheek. cocky. You got a little I cocky. I did. You kind of coasted. I did. And I did. now you're in a dogfight. Now I'm in a dogfight. <laughs> Damn it. Hey, I'd like to thank uh, all our presenting sponsors, the great folks over at Sweet Sweat for all your exercise and fitness needs. Check them out at SweetSweat.com. Also, Superbook, America's best bet. Check them out at Superbook.com. For Mike, myself, thank you so much. For everybody involved in the Stinking Truth Podcast, we appreciate you guys. We'll be back with you next week.